Hello, and welcome to the Love Shared Podcast. Terry Heemstra here from the River Church in Redlands with the latest in our dialogue series. Our monthly discussion where we sit down with great guests and dive into conversations at the intersection of faith and society. We apologize for our lack of uploads. We hope to have our last two episodes out for you shortly. In the meantime, we have for you episode 16, dialogue number 7, Social Media and the Church, with myself and Mark Leonard. Check out the show notes for any additional information from the episode. Now let's get started. So Terry, you're a pretty frequent user of social media. What are the social media platforms that you are currently using most? Uh, most, that's a good word. <laughs> um, well, obviously Facebook is kind of the, probably the one I started with. And started then, with? Yeah. yeah. Um, I use Twitter. I use Instagram. But that's the one I use probably the most. And then... Um, Instagram the most, you'd say? Yeah, yeah. I'm on there the most. I check it the most. I post the most things there. Why do you think Instagram for you? Um, I'm a very visual person. So yeah. Instagram is images, and that to me is what I want to be looking at. Um, and also, I think there's a little bit more filtering done on Instagram by the people who are on Instagram. Uh, not always. I still have to choose who I want to follow and who stuff I want to see. But right. the people that I follow, they tend to post more interesting things there, in my opinion. Are you using Twitter? I do use Twitter. Um, I have several of Twitters. <laughs> several Twitters? Yeah, well, I have my own, and then I have one. I use our churches. I'm right. the one who kind sure. of does it. Um, and then... I have another one that's like a movie review one oh. so that I don't sort of put those two things together. Because um, you, on Twitter, you kind of build an audience yeah. around your interests. Yes, and the movie review one that I have is like I live tweet during shows and stuff, and I know that people that follow me that are interested in that stuff don't want to see it right, all right. the time. So I separate the two out because I like that. Okay, so the two are the church's feed, your movie review feed. Mm -hmm. And then my own personal And then your personal. One. So mm -hmm. that's three that you yeah. that you manage. Okay. Yeah. And then, so that's Facebook, Instagram, which you use a lot because you're a visual person. Yes. Twitter, because you're using that for live events, really, when other yeah. people are watching the same thing you're watching you're using Twitter to have a conversation or a commentary about that thing mm -hmm. that's going on in the world. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. I love, love, love campaign season and Twitter <laughs> because <laughs> debates yeah. and watching the Twitter stream that's is true. phenomenally entertaining. Mm -hmm. That's I, what Twitter is good for. I, I think, think I'm still learning Twitter too. Like, um, I, I, as far as like me posting and how to post and like what kind of things to post, that I understand, but yeah. I'm still kind of learning how to filter through Twitter better and how to like um, really, and also I have a problem with like remembering to look at my Twitter regularly. So then when you go to Twitter, it's like, 
oh, I missed all this stuff that happened because I haven't looked at it in 20, over 24 hours. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't think that's your problem. I think that's Twitter's problem. Yeah. I think Everybody is having that problem because Twitter has an attention problem because yes. it's just a running stream. Mm -hmm. And you put a leaf in the stream, and uh, if you look away, the leaf is downstream. It's gone. Yes. You can't yeah. get it again. So. Unless I want to turn on all my notifications, which I definitely, definitely don't want to do. Don't. So. Right. So that's yeah. a Twitter issue, mm -hmm. in, just in the way the platform works. It's got a real attention problem. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's good for live events. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, because you can just watch the stream go by and all mm -hmm. the leaves that are floating by in the stream, you can comment on all yeah. those leaves. And, and you can those. watch it at your own pace, like, uh, which was another one that I have used in the past but haven't used recently is Periscope, where mm. I feel like when I'm watching Periscope, I have to focus my whole attention on that live thing that's happening. Yep. Whereas if I'm on Twitter and I'm watching that, I can sort of come in and out of it because you're, I'm just reading what people say. Um, so it works really well when you're watching TV, for, for, for instance, or a movie or something, because you can keep watching your movie and occasionally look down and see what people are saying about it. Whereas, so you've got your second screen going on. Sort of. Yeah, whereas... If you're periscoping something like that, you have you feel like you have to, for sure, like pay attention to that live thing, or even Facebook right. Live, same thing. Like I feel like, um, and usually what'll end up happening is I'll go, oh, this is cool, I'll watch it later. So uh -huh. then I don't actually watch it live. Right. I watch it later on after it's happened. Which is an interesting strength of Periscope and mm -hmm. Facebook Live is that it does not have the attention problem that yeah, Twitter has. Yeah, that's true. Because when you're watching Periscope, you're only watching you're Periscope. You're only doing that, exactly. Which is a really big strength of, of that platform. So mm -hmm. you've mentioned Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then now you've mentioned Periscope. What is Periscope? Periscope is a live video feed from anyone who has the app. So if you have Periscope, you can turn it on live and you can show people what you're doing, where you are. Um, no, no editing, no filters. It's exactly what's happening in front of you or of you at right. this moment in time. Yeah. So I, you know, I fell in love with Periscope when it first kind of came out. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe although a year I would ago. say Periscope came out much earlier than that, but when it started getting popular, it was about a year ago. Right. Which same thing. I didn't use it before. Right. It actually started getting more popular, but yeah. I think because it had problems or something like that, but. Yeah, and it followed. There was there was another platform that came before it that I'm not even Meerkat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Meerkat came before. Which it. at the time that it came out, then that was sort of the battle. Like, yeah. Well, I'm on Meerkat, so why would I do this or whatever? Right, um, right. Well, the the way that I like using Periscope now is kind of escapism, a little bit because if I follow you know certain people, like there's um, there are a couple of people that I follow. In that live in Ireland, so every once in a while, uh, if they're streaming live from from a pub in Ireland, mm -hmm. I can just watch that, and I'm you like see in the like. pub yes. with them in Ireland, and yeah. I, I kind of I enjoy that. There's another person that I follow from London, and she gives tours of London, yes. so she'll walk around with Periscope on and giving a live uh, commentary, and yes. I can I can talk with her uh, by commenting. So yes. that's kind of fun. It's fun to escape into somebody else's world for a little bit on yeah. Periscope. And I think um, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest draw for me, too, is just, like, you're able to see something you wouldn't normally see. Um, 
there's another app too called Beam that's it's not live, but it um, only records up to eight seconds. Hmm. And when you're recording it, you don't see anything on your screen. So the point, <clears throat> excuse me, the point is to still be in the moment while you're recording it, but allowing other people to see what you see. But it's the same idea, like that you you get to see into someone else's life. Like there's someone on there that lives in a hotel in India. He's like a kid. He's like in his teens and he will be on beam like just so you can see what this hotel looks like where he lives and what his daily life is like every day that you wouldn't normally see. And you can, you don't feel like you have to stay there all the time. You can come in and come out of that if you want to. You know, I think that's the other thing about live is like, I feel like I watched enough of that, or oh, I'm going to come back to this and watch. I mean, I ha with Periscope, you have to do it within 24 hours, but still, like, I can sort of come back to that and still see what it's like. Yeah. And it has, I don't have to. And it's not, it's a view of the world that's not filtered by a news organization yes. or any other media. Or even just like people who edit. Like, I'm even an editor, and that's what you tend to draw, draw towards. Oh, I want to, like, I want you to see only a bit of what my life yeah. is. I don't want you to see everything where I was like, this is like, no, this is the this real the thing. Footage. Which, um, Periscope, there's an actress that I follow on Periscope and she oftentimes will take you through the backstage of the shows that she's on mm. and she'll just like go up to people, sometimes famous people, sometimes camera people, directors, everything, you know, set design and costume design and you get to see the inside of what she sees every day. And yeah, it's like, Jim Gaffigan does a lot of oh, periscoping. Yeah, yeah. He does parties and stuff yeah, and things like hilarious. that. And you're like, well, it's crazy that yeah. this is where they are and I'm sort of there, but I'm not. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember Jim Gaffigan, he does things like he'll, he'll periscope his sound check. So you're on stage with him and he's talking to his sound guy. But then he'll periscope reading bedtime stories to his kids. And so it's yes. like, Wow. Hey, this look, is, he's actually yeah, a real person. This is Jim Gaffigan reading bedtime stories just yeah. like I do right. to his kids. Yeah. <sighs> so, like okay, that. so Periscope. Um, the last one that uh, I can think of is Snapchat. Oh, yeah, Snapchat. I am on Snapchat. I do check it daily, but I do not post things daily. Right. I'm and Snapchat is the latest to receive the, the mark of evil from, from most people who don't like social media. Yes, right? that's true. <laughs> um, and it's the place where younger people gravitate. Why do you think that is? Um, I th well, I think there are more than one reason, but um, I think it's because there's not a lot of there's not parents and there's not older people there that the younger people gravitate towards it because they feel like they have their own space a little bit. This is theirs right now. Right now. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to change. and already is changing because a lot of businesses and companies and things are taking part of it. Like, obviously, when you go and you check your friends' feeds, also you see in those feeds, like... Um, Mashable's on there, and MTV's on there, and mm -hmm. Starbucks is on there, and so there are still companies that are in there, um, and, and so it's not just youth, per se, right. quote-unquote, obviously, because I'm not youth, and I'm on there, but 
um, I do think that is the main draw for them right now. And then also the um, temporariness of it. It's, it. it's there for a little while and then it's gone. Um, I don't really know why that's a draw, but I do know that it is a draw. Like, I don't know if I know why that's so something that you want. Um, which is like, it has to be a big part of it because that whole, they, they changed, uh, Snapchat just updated their mm -hmm. app and now they have this thing called memories, which is that you can save your snaps and people were up in an uproar about it because they thought it was just ridiculous. This is not what Snapchat is and why do they have this and what is it, why is it like this? And so it is a big part of what makes that app what it is and why people use it, but I still don't yeah. really know why. What's different about the memories thing with Snapchat is, is you choose to save your own memories. No, nobody else is saving them for you, right? N yes, but you can um, now upload things that are not now. I think that's also another thing. Not native to Snapchat. Thing. You can go into your photos yeah. menu. Or so you're saving yourself, but you're also, you're saving the things that you snap, which you could always do. You could have, you always could have done that before. Yep. You can always make a post and save it for yourself. But now you can um, take something from yesterday that you took a picture of and you can put it on Snapchat, which right. you didn't used to be able to do. But I can't save something that you post on Snapchat to my memories. Uh, you can take a screenshot of it, but screenshot. the person knows that you took it. It'll always oh, tell really? you. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. See, I, th I see that as different than um, the permanence of, say, Facebook, where you have no choice. If you post something on Facebook, it's, it's on Facebook. Facebook is saving it for you. Yeah, you can delete it, but yeah, yeah. pretty much they're saving it. It's there, yeah. unless you personally decide to take it down. The, default, the default is that it's there and it lives there forever. Mm -hmm. Whereas Snapchat, yeah. the default is that it, it's going to disappear. It's going to Unless disappear. you choose to save it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so all of these channels, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, all of these <laughs> things swimming around, why, and, and we know who's getting involved with these things. We know that um, young people, uh, young people, are engaged in social media. Uh, they switch channels when their parents figure out uh, how to use one particular channel. Young people will switch mm -hmm. to the next channel. Yeah. That's fine. So, and then corporations, brands are using social media because that's where the people are. Right. So they need to go where the people are. They're going to social media to try to get in front of people's eyeballs and yeah. inside in between their ears. Um, what, what does this have to do with the church and building a church community, why should the church engage and embrace social media? Or why not? Why should we, why should we not you know, engage in social I media? Definitely we should be, um, to answer that for sure. I <laughs> definitely think we should be. Um, there are ways where we sh how we should do it and how we should not do it, but we should definitely still be doing it. Um, and I think, well, I know the reason is because it is where people are. Um, and this no is not what. a fad. This isn't going away. No, it's we're, not. We're beyond the point where, well, let's just see how this yeah. Facebook thing plays out. Right. No, it's, it's definitely not. It's not going away. And so that's where people are. And 
Um, yes, people are other places. They're not just online, but they are online, and they are online every day. And probably almost every person past the age of probably like 12 now, but mm -hmm. maybe 16 at the very oldest, I guess, up is they're online and they probably have a smartphone in their hand or a computer in front of them at some point during the day and they are there. Yep. And so the only, well, and so we as the church should be where people are, I feel. Um, just like any mission, you know, we have people who go to Africa, we have people who go to Ireland, we have people who go to LA and have missionary stuff there. We have people from other countries that come here, whatever. Uh, because people are in those places and those people need to know about God and they need to know that we we have that story for them. You know, we have, we can give them the, that story and we can tell them and we can show them that love of God and the internet is, the it, people are there too. And so I think that's why we should be there. Um, what do you think, I mean... When you think about a basic question, what is social media? And, and I mean, the obvious answer is social media is the platform. It's, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's... But beyond that, what, how would you define social media? What, what is social media to you in Terry's life? Um, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's... Uh, well, it's definitely a way to connect. That is, in its, um, in, that is what it is. That in its core, that's what social media is, and it is that for me. It's a way to connect to people, um, whether that's people who are not near me or it is people who are near me. It's mm -hmm. a way for me to connect with them, but it's also a way for me personally to be creative. That's not true for. I mean. Maybe it is, but it's not necessarily the case for everyone. For me, I find myself there because it's a way for me to share my creativity um, and to and to ha like and to absorb other people's creativity. So that that's important for me, creativity. So that's how I use it. If if somebody was talking about like I don't know maybe science or whatever, and they wanted to share their scientific discoveries and they wanted to learn from other people's scientific discoveries, then that's a way for them to share that. Um, and honestly, it's the easiest way to share life yeah. at this point um, because I'm home. I'm home all the time. I work at home and I'm in front of my computer every day and I'm in front of my smartphone every day and so honestly it's the easiest way for me to connect with people. It can't be the only way but it is probably the easiest way at this point in my life to do so. Yeah and I mean while we're talking you mentioned it's a way for you to connect with people who are far away mm -hmm. and I'm looking at Courtney Banks's Facebook page. Yeah. And Courtney Banks is a missionary from our church uh, with her husband and they're in Ireland. And I, I see what they're doing on a weekly, if not daily basis yeah. because of social media. I'm connected with them. They're, they're at the top of my mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that to be really valuable. Yes, absolutely. And I, before, I mean, they're still sharing with us what they want to share, of course. But 
Um, but I'm seeing something I probably would never see otherwise. Like, or if I did, it would be in the form of an email or a letter in the mail that only came every, what, six months or four months telling me what she's doing, which I still get, which is a little more in detail of what they're doing. But I'm seeing that on a daily basis. I get to be a part of what she's doing. And I think, too, like, when you see something like that, when you are more engaged in something like that, then you're more likely to want to participate in it. Right. So, like, in Courtney's case, if she can share what they're doing there and people can see what they're doing there, they're more likely to go, oh, this is such a cool ministry. I want to be a part of that. How can I be a part of that? Send money or pray or whatever. Like, they feel like they can really participate still, and they're not forgetting about it. It's not... Yeah. And on their side, I mean, it's a way for them to connect with people from home. It's a way for them yes. to continue to have conversations with people who are who are here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, looking at some of her posts, each of her posts, they they get people to like like it. They get affirmation, and then they get comments, and they can have a conversation back and forth. Someone will ask a question on something that Courtney posts, and she can answer that question, and now all of a sudden there's there's a little bit of a group dialogue going on uh, while she's an ocean away, you know, yeah. on a different continent. And I, I think, think that's really valuable. Yeah. Um, one social media we actually didn't talk about that actually applies to this very much is YouTube, ah, which I do YouTube. consider YouTube to be yes. more of a social media than maybe it started out to be. But, or maybe not, I don't know. But um, maybe I'm just actually more into it now than I used to be. But I think, that with thinking along the lines of Courtney, um, I think my, I started a vlog not that long ago, probably two months ago. And one of the reasons... That's interesting that you started a blog. Very few people say that anymore. I started a blog just recently. Well, a, vlo a vlog with a, vi a video. Oh, vlog. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> um, but... One of the main reasons I think that I wanted to start it, I first started thinking about when when Courtney left here, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to like make a video of me and like just going around on a day and like having everyone say hi and like her seeing what I'm doing. But I, I never really ended up doing it, even though I thought it was a great idea. And then, you know, after a while, mulling over in my brain, like, it wasn't just for her, you know, but mm. after a while I just thought, oh, it could be cool to to do that on a regular basis. Then I started watching a lot of vlogs, and then I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. But but it was just like, I think that would be cool if I was somewhere else and someone was like, we made this video so you could just see this daily life that you used to be a part of, you know, like maybe you, you miss these things so you yeah. can see them, you know. Well, and that's not a new, uh, it's not a new thing, no. right? Because, I mean, when Jill and I were dating, this is, I mean, we've been married now, it'll be 13 years. So when we were dating, she moved out to Redlands, California, and I was still in northwest Minnesota. So we are 2,000 miles apart. She sent me a VHS tape that she had put together, a video <laughs> of, like, of clips of her life here in California. <laughs> While I was still in Minnesota, and I, you know, I put the VHS in and and uh, and watched her life um, here in California, and she was really excited yeah. to share that. Right. 
And where social media has made it even easier to do that, right? right? So right. now we no longer have to take that video and put it in an envelope and put it in the mail. We can just, we can upload it in seconds and the person across the world can see it. And I think that's a huge thing. And I think as a church, that is such a huge tool for us. Like mm -hmm. we could be showing people all over the place what God is doing here. Mm -hmm. And I think um, for me personally, and I think the church holds this too, um, but I have just a great desire to see people's stories being told and... So after a while, I really wanted to use social media somehow to do that. And I think we're still in the process of doing that as a church, these podcasts and being one of them. Right. But, and, and that's not, maybe that's not necessarily the goal of every church or all of us, but I think like that is something that we have the opportunity to do. And it, you know, or there could be something else like, that people feel we really want to this to be a part of our church community, but we want it to be go outside of what it's a good way for us to get it outside of our church community. Well, there's the easiest one right there is social media. Right. Yeah. So what do you think are the, where, where are the pitfalls or the dangers or where does social media go wrong when it comes to um, living living out your Christian values or even a Christian community like ours, uh, how could social media go in the wrong direction? Um, well, because it's so easy, <laughs> hmm. um, I think that causes a lot of problems because people are quick to voice their opinions and and post them because it's so easy. Back in the day, you could say, <laughs> whatever that is, the 90s, before the 90s, I don't know. <laughs> 15 years but ago. it was, if you really wanted to voice your opinion to several people, you had to either get up in front of a bunch of people to do it. You needed a stage. Or you needed to write it down on a piece of paper and or whatever, and it was still filtered through... Um, a lot of channels still. Like, if you want to put something in the paper, that filters through channels. You can't just, like, write something down and there it goes, right? And so, and even that, even that action of writing it down on a piece of paper, reading it yourself, having someone else read it, it already um, gets edited and it gets the words, get, you know, people review your words and they say, oh, maybe you should say it this way or whatever, you know. Uh, when social media, it's like you, 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 Twitter especially, you write something down and you just, you send it without even thinking about it. A lot of times, even I do that, I don't even like proofread my spelling and then I send it out there and then I'm like, ugh, I spelled that word wrong. And I get annoyed because on Twitter, you have to delete it. You can't even edit it. So like that causes problems because people just say their opinion they say it now and then it's out there and like you were saying with facebook it's there until you decide to delete it so, right so right. or and even then it's still in facebook and servers. still yeah. yeah that and still if you didn't it's it's still in people's minds 
even if you decide to delete it someday, people still read it and they still saw it and it's there, you know? And so that can get people in trouble. Yeah. Very and easily. I, I think especially after a week like we've had in our nation uh, this past week with the shootings, mm -hmm. with, um, I mean, there are so many, so many ways to voice your opinion and not be helpful. I don't know. That's, that's been yeah. my, that's been well, my observation. Well, I think that there's, um, you, you're missing people's sensitivity. You're missing, um, like, you're missing even people's, like, oh, what's the word I want? Like, the way you say things in person is very different from the way that you type them if, and if say I'm talking them in to you, words. Yeah, if mm -hmm. I'm talking to you about the shootings, in, uh, that have occurred in Minnesota and around the country and, and in Dallas, and, and we're talking face-to-face. -face. I can read your expressions. Right. I can understand a little bit about how my words are affecting you yes, exactly. a little bit. And that doesn't happen in social media. And even that, me and you, if we were to sit and talk about something like that, we're having a conversation back and forth. Um, you could say something, but I can counter back and say something, and... And then you can mull over it and think about it and say, yeah, you know, that's what I think. Whereas a lot of times when it's written down, when it's posted on social media, it feels very absolute. It feels like, this is what I believe and I'm not going to change my mind. That's how it feels at the, at the beginning. Yes, you can always go back and sort of say, you know what, I've thought about it, this, that, and the other. But those words that you wrote before are still there. And someone could come across them and never see what you said after the fact or whatever. And so the things get construed wrong and they, people don't necessarily understand you all mm. that much. And so your ideas don't really get to evolve. Yeah, they uh, right. I mean, there's kind of set in stone once you put it out there in social media. Yes. Um, so, and so I don't know what the percentage is, obviously, but a very large percent of people tend to do that. And then that causes a lot of problems. Um, there's also like... Obviously, the people who are inappropriate online, but hopefully, church people aren't doing, aren't being. But there are people who are very inappropriate. inappropriate in person. But yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're just inappropriate people. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, hopefully, that's not happening, but it yeah. does happen, and um, that's a bad way to present yourself yeah. online as well. I do think that it's easier. It can feel easier to be. Uh, thoughtless or lack, lacking compassion or inappropriate when you're sitting in the comfort and safety of your own home just typing things on your phone or yes. your computer. Uh, you feel pretty secure in, in saying whatever you want to say in the comfort mm -hmm. of your own home. And you can't see... Even if people were to respond to you in a negative way, you don't see their face. You right. don't, you know. It's very two-dimensional. Mm -hmm. You, when you, uh, Ray Leinstra used to tell people when they received an email that seemed aggressive or uh, full of, of of conflict or something, you know, he'd say, "Don't email back. Pick up the phone," because you're not getting the subtleties of, of how they're meaning those words. Mm -hmm. All you're getting are the words, and you're interpreting it, in a, you might be interpreting it in a different way than they've intended. Some yes. people don't, some people write very black and white when 
they don't necessarily mean to be so black and white. And if you talk to them in person, you would pick up on the the subtleties or the, the nuances of their meaning mm -hmm. a lot more than you would if you're just reading the words on a screen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that can be a weakness of any digital format, social media or email or otherwise. In it's a form of it it just the medium isn't there yet where we can really get the full understanding of what people mean uh, when they communicate on social media. And I think we should be aware of that and be careful with it. Mm -hmm. I think too, like, um, be very, for me, I'm, I try to be slow to react. So um, maybe I'll read something I don't appreciate, but I try to read it and still like how can I read this and get knowledge from it not saying that I agree with you or that what you're saying is right or anything but just like I'm learning I need how am I learning what you believe and how can I like for me I, I look at like okay these people are writing these different types of thing that's interesting to me as a Christian I have a different perspective so when I'm trying to be a witness to others, I need to keep that in mind. I need to keep in mind those things that I know already that they believe. You know, I think we, it can be a learning process to just absorb what people are saying, but to not necessarily have a knee-jerk reaction back to it, if that makes any sense. Right, right. So, yeah, there can be negative things online, but um, if we can be, uh, just approach them in the right way, I think that's, um, a lot more, it'll be in the end a lot more helpful for us. Like, I don't know, I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense, but yeah. for me, that's, a, I, a lot of, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, <laughs> a lot of celebrities, and a lot of people that I, whose life philosophies I definitely don't agree with. Right. Most of them celebrities being the case. And... But at the same time, sometimes they'll post something that I'm like, yeah, I never thought of it in that way. Or what if I like try, I wanted to sit down and have a conversation with you. If I understood these things that you believe, like I would approach that conversation differently and things like that. And I think for me, that really is important. Um, but I also have to be careful that the people I'm following are also just all negative all the time or mm. all inappropriate all the time or all, you know like you can definitely cultivate your own sort of uh, choir <laughs> kind of you know if you have a certain slant on life you can go out and find validation for that as much as you want on social media just by choosing who you follow mm -hmm. uh, because most likely who you follow will, will will determine who follows you and so if it, it can really make your view of the world very narrow if, uh, if you're building an audience that thinks exactly like you. Yes. And I think that would be a weakness of yeah. social media in I some ways. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think, um, you know, we're talking about weaknesses of social media right now. We're, and I think another one of the things that can be a weakness or something to do wrong with social media is what I'm doing right now, which is... <laughs> You know, I'm having a conversation with you. Yeah. I'm sitting here with you. I should be 100% present with you, but I'm not. <laughs> I yes. 
I went to somebody else's Facebook page while we were talking should and checked I, that out. Should I out. periscope you while you periscope me? Yes, I'm, I'm periscoping this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all kinds of... All of a sudden, my attention is divided. I'm not, yeah. I'm not making eye contact with you. I'm tapping uh, on my phone. And that is... Uh, it's rude. <laughs> it's really. And I find that a lot of young people don't... I mean, I'm 38 years old. And young people... Who, I'm, I'm categorizing young people as people who have never experienced life without social oh, media. Yeah. I don't think they really understand that that's rude. You know, well, it, within their within their friend group, it's not rude. It's not rude. I mean, to it's them typical. it's not rude. It's it's normal. It's something that they always do and it's <laughs> how they interact. Like I think I even think of like me and my roommate when we're at home. We're like probably so boring to people because we sit in front of the TV and both of us have our phones in our hand and we're like staring at both and we're totally quiet. We don't even respond to each other. We don't hardly say anything to each other unless we see something funny and then we're like, oh, this, you know. But it is, it is a very, it's a norm for us. It's probably not a good thing, but it is a norm for us. And so for the same, like people with younger people who are social, uh, what is it, millennials, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, because they're the social media generation, kind of. Um, it is not rude to them in their minds. They don't they're see it as rude because they're used to people looking down while they're that. talking to yeah. them. Um, but it becomes very obvious, I think, to them. Well, I hope to, maybe not. It comes obvious to me. I don't, I'm not really a millennial, so I probably don't count, but when I'm in a situation where the other people around me are not those people like yeah. if I was with my parents they're really not like that so I try really hard to like only check my phone sometimes or like yeah. whatever you know I think that we're not doing a great job of of talking about you know there's a time and place for everything and there's context for everything so there's mm-hmm. a time and place where it's not rude to yes to be in a group talking uh, live with each other, having conversations while you're looking at your phone. Yeah, the, I was, an example of that right now is that Pokemon Go. Everyone's doing Yes, I don't know Go. what that is. <laughs> I don't really understand it's, the entirety of it, but it's a new game with oh. Pokemon. And, but it's like their Pokemon is, it's, a, it's like geocaching. Do you remember that? Like where you oh, would I go, do geocaching. You would yeah. go and find something that was on this yeah. um, map. Yeah, uh, still do have. it. Love it. So it's like that where when you go there, to, it shows you, if you go here, there are Pokemon here, and then you catch those Pokemon, right? So in this setting, well, it's become this ginormous thing. People are doing it everywhere. People are getting out of their house with their phones in hand, and they're going to the park, and they're finding 20 other people that are there doing the same thing as them. So they're in a community that yep. accepts that you're staring at your phone and doing what they're doing. But if I were to take Pokemon Go and go to my parents' house and hang out with them, they would be like, this is weird for one thing. Yeah. And also, like, stop playing with your game and start talking to us and like hanging out with us. Right. Because they're not doing that and it doesn't make sense in that environment um so i think yeah for sure there's a time and a place for 
everything that right. obviously that you do. Meetings, I find, uh, you, you know, I do a mastermind class uh, for marketers, and I find that when, when we're in a meeting, and maybe I'm teaching something, a, a concept or something, and people are looking down in their lap at their phone, that's a time and place where I think this is not appropriate not to be on your phone, right. you know? Which I wonder, okay, if we talk about church, like, I wonder about church being the right time and the place mm. sometimes because <clears throat> I'm oftentimes the person who is posting on social media for the church. Yes, my wife hates that when we're in church. And you get it. And I take a picture of, of whoever's yes. preaching or singing, and I post it. Yes. Because I'm looking for that social proof Again, I, yes. wanna, I want to create... I want people to see where I am yeah, and yeah. see what I'm doing. And create and some buzz around that. Yes. But to everybody around me, including my wife, all it looks like is that I'm not into the worship service. Yeah. I'm just into my phone. Yeah. I'm just looking at And I'll, same, I'll do that. I'll be listening to the sermon and he'll, he'll say something and I'm like, oh, that's a great quote for Twitter. Right. So I'll get on my Twitter and I'll tweet it out. And then I'm like, people probably think I'm so bored with what's happening, right. but I'm not paying attention at all, and, and then I'm how just rude that on is my phone, pastor. and how rude, yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to navigate those things, because as a church, I want to be relevant, I want us to be out there, I want us to be on social media, and I want it to be, especially something like Twitter, this is what's happening now, and I want to post it now, because right. I right. want you to see that now, and so, do I wait, I'm not, I don't want to wait till after the service, to write that down and post it. I right. want it to be now while it's happening. Yeah. Opina32 on, on Periscope says we need to be more discreet. And I don't know if she means we just need to hide it better. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> or or pick our time That's and really place hard better. to do. Like, even yeah. as, I mean, you know this, you're a photographer. Like, oh, the minute you put your camera up or your, you know, your phone up, it's there. Everyone sees it, yes. they notice it. Yeah. And. You can try to be as discreet as possible. Somebody knows. I mean, my dad or my mom are sitting right next to me. And they can see that I'm on my phone. I can't, yep. you know. But, but I think I try to just do, I try to be sporadic. But then I, I always wonder because I'm like, well, if we're going to be on social media, if we're going to be irrelevant, should we not mm. be so sporadic? Should we be constant, consistently yes. doing it? And I was reading an article this guy said, I post for our church about four times a day, except on Sundays, I post about 15 to 20 times during right. the day. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, yeah. Yeah. what? That's so much. I post like once every, on Twitter especially, maybe once every couple of weeks, yeah. maybe. And I'm like, that's terrible if I'm supposed to be posting four times a day. I mean, I'm technically not like, I don't work for the church as like a social media person. So I just do it when I can. But still, like, are we being very relevant if we're only doing it right. every once in a great while? And the fact is that if I don't post it right then, I won't post it. Because uh, that's yeah. another point that that um, this person on um, on Periscope mentioned is, is maybe we should just wait and post it later after the service. And um, 
for me, if I wait, I will forget about it because it's, yeah. the thought is gone. Yeah. And, even and so, after church, even I have to go pick I, up my kids. And yeah, even if I had to do that, I would still have to take out my phone and write down what he said because I'm not going to remember right, what he said right, right. in 30 minutes, you know? Yeah. So but I would still have it, to type if, it out. If you write it with a pen on paper, they would, nobody would care. Right? Then you're just taking notes on the sermon <laughs> so and you, you should be applauded, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, it is a hard thing to sort of read your environment, read your audience, what when is a good time? Like, yeah. part of me sometimes is like, I'm on worship team. I really want to get, um, I really want to get like a video of what I'm seeing, but that's not appropriate. So right. I'm not going to do that. Right. You know, but sometimes I really want to do that. I want to take a picture of the congregation because it's awesome to me and it's something I want to remember, but it's not appropriate. So I'm not going to do that, you know? And I yeah. think that's good. I think that should always remain that way. <laughs> as yep. much as I want to yep. do it, I, I hope I continue to tell myself not to. But still, like, I think there are times in which it can be really powerful. I've even seen, we've have taken pictures of when we even um, inducted our elders or mm. had a baptism, and that's hugely powerful. And people see that on Facebook, and they're so glad to see it because they weren't here to witness it but they want it to be or yep. whatever, you know, or if we post a little video or whatever, it, they're really excited to see that because they don't necessarily get the chance to, to see it or be a part of it. And, you know, I think if, if we weren't doing that, if we weren't present on social media in any way, I think the churches who, who remove themselves from social media or digital media, eventually people start asking, well, are they still around? Do people yes. still go to that church? Yeah, Are they still doing now. cool things? Mm -hmm. And so I think it is a way to not only remain relevant, but, but to show our greater Redlands community that we're still here and we're doing great things. Mm -hmm. And there are people involved in what we're doing that really love it. And, uh, you know, that, that could be a tipping point for somebody who's, who's looking to, to engage in a community. Um, so, speaking of community, as, as someone who's, you know, you're probably the person who is most engaged with our social media at the church, how do you think, what are some ways that the community has been strengthened through social media as mm. far as just being a tight-knit group, you know, being, having some identity in ourselves? How, how do you think social media plays into that community identity? Um, well, I think one of the things that I choose to not do very much on social media is um, a lot of times they suggest like, oh, post like a quote with a nice picture behind it. And I tend not to do that because I find it to be very impersonal. It's just, I mean, on Twitter, that's a different thing. But like if you're on Instagram or something, you'll see like, oh, it's a picture of a field with a quote over it mm. from the Bible. Yeah, yeah. I do that a lot. And um, you do? <laughs> I, I do. Even <laughs> Does that annoy you? Does that bug you? <laughs> um, no, it doesn't annoy me, but I feel like as a church, that's not how who we are um, mm. as a community. It doesn't make sense for us as a church. Um, not that it's like, I could do it every once. I have done it maybe like once or twice with a sermon quote that's been said, but um, I... I, I, and in staff meeting, they've said, like, in, in different instances, like, we really want to show people on our website. I do the website for the church. So they say, on our website, we don't really, we don't want a generic photo there. We want photos of people from here. We want right. people to see our family and our community. 
and we want, um, when people visit us, they, we want them to see who we are as a people, and we want people who are part of the community to go and say, I'm a part of that community. Look, I know that person, and I'm a, I was a part of that day, or whatever. It makes you feel a lot more a part of a community and a family, and so I try to follow that through when it comes to social media as well. I try to only post things that are that have happened here, things that we are doing, mm -hmm. uh, photos of people that are a part of this community. Um, Scott posts most of our prayer requests, um, and we try to keep people updated on what is happening with people so they know. And he always says on the top, you know, if you like this post, it's a commitment to prayer. And I do love that because it's not just like, oh, I, I'm going to like into that. It's like you, you think before you like that because you, it's, I'm, I'm committing to praying for this person who's a part of this community that I'm a part of. So I think that's a big part of it. And uh, for larger churches, I think it's, a, I don't know if it's harder, but it is a little different. Um, uh, when I check like sandals and stuff, the posts that they do are very different from maybe something we would do because they are a larger church. Um, but for us, I just think that's, that's what makes sense for us. Um, so I like that. That's how I try to think of it. Um, it's not like that all the time. Sometimes <laughs> something we post is, uh, we're doing this and <laughs> coming to it, whatever. But I still think, I still think even that, you know, hey, Legacy Nights is this week. Um, that's still a part of the community and the family. And so right. that's still something we want those people to know and be reminded of and to tell other people about. Yeah. Uh, so. Yep. It's another place to have a conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's something I feel I would like to see more in our social media as a church is the communication, the connection. Um, we, a lot of our social media right now is look at what's happening. Yeah. But I would love to see it be like something we put out there that other people respond to. They respond online by answering questions or asking their own questions or talking with each other um, through the comments and things like that. Uh, that's pretty rare, and I wish I would love to see more of that happen. Even for this, I put out a post that said, hey, we're doing this dialogue on social media. Do you guys have questions? And I got, like, one question, which we should probably look at, but like, I got, like, one question. <laughs> out of, you know, all the people that saw it, you know, and yeah. I would love it if there was more of a response in that way. People sort of look at it and say, oh yeah, that's happening, and then they just yeah. kind of move forward, and I would love an engagement to happen more. Well, and I can understand that a little bit because, you know, when I teach in a classroom, I can use silence to my advantage because silence becomes uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I pose a question with a group of people and I just wait silently, eventually someone will get uncomfortable yeah. enough to raise their hand and just answer the question yeah. so that we can move on. But in social media, that's that doesn't not true. That happen. doesn't happen. Yeah. So you can't use that space, that silence, as a mm -hmm. tool to get people talking. Yeah, uh, and I think, um, this is going to sound very gimmicky, but almost to have people on staff or in the church who are sort of asked to engage in that could be helpful like right if i were to say oh i'm gonna post this and then i were to say hey mark would you mind maybe um writing a question on the comment just mm. to see if 
if anyone else would respond to it or not. You yeah, know, it's a good that idea. can be a little gimmicky, but I think if you try to be as genuine as possible with it, um, it could also work to your advantage as well. Um, but it's something I would just I would love to see that happen a little bit more. Um, and I, you know what? I didn't really do very much research, so I wonder how much other p churches do, how much response other churches do have to yeah. that. You know. Um, well, I think there are factors in there that that play a part into the engagement factor of a church, and and one of those is who makes up the church. What kind of people are they? Mm -hmm. People who love social media and use social media and engage with life through social media? Or are they people who don't uh, general, generally do that? Yeah. So, and then I, th I think the other factor involves just sheer volume of numbers. I mean, if you yeah. have a mega church with That's true. two, 4,000 people, you're going to get a certain level of engagement on mm -hmm. social media just because you have the numbers yeah. to, you know. I think, too, uh, consistency. Like, if we were constantly posting, that's one of the things they say if you're a vlogger, uh, post, just keep posting. Yes. And they actually recommend, like, post every day. Do something every day. Um, and if you are, people are going to <coughs> engage more because it's... Um, in their radar more, I guess you could say. Right, um, right, so. yeah, for sure. So now I'm really curious. You've got me curious. What is the question well, that I, was sent in I via didn't really media? totally understand the question, but I think what she was saying was, how do you use so how do you use social media like? How does the to communicate like the congregation to the church and the church to the congregation. And I think we've kind of answered that a little bit, but if that's what she, I think, actually, I think maybe what she meant was like, how do you use it to care for others in a way? Hmm. I don't know if I know the answer to that. Um, well, other we've than, talked about our missionary examples. Yeah, or like the, prayer requests and things like that. They requests. do also go under that. Yeah. I, I also think that... Um, you know, Scott, our senior pastor, has used our Facebook page to communicate to the community as a whole between Sundays, uh, relatively effectively, I think, especially in a in a time of of crisis like our country is. It feels like we're in with with the violence and the shootings, and and Scott will take the time and thoughtfully post something about how he how he feels at this time, mm -hmm. and that engages the community. We know it engages the community because it, it got a lot of response uh, yeah. as far as engagement with, with people liking or commenting and sharing. And the conversation uh, is carried on when we're not necessarily here in this building, in this room together yeah. on Sunday. We can still talk to each other. One of the things in the article I said was, basically that exact thing, to bring the weekend experience into the weekday um, and allowing your Sunday to go beyond Sunday. And I do think that social media is a huge tool for that because we we do have a hard time. Like, we tend to just come to church and church is the time on Sunday that we have and it's and then we go and then, you know, we're not, we're not at church the rest of the week. Whereas... Within social media, we have the opportunity to engage people in the church throughout the week, through every day, and I think that's really awesome because it's not something that we did very easily before 
social media existed. Yeah. So I just have, you know, I have um, maybe one more question, okay. uh, really. We are a church community that is, I feel we're pretty diverse in as far as um, age diversity and, and level of interest in social media and who uses social media and who doesn't, who likes social media, who doesn't like social media. I feel like we, we run the gamut in that. So we know what side of the coin you and I are on. We like social media. We use it every day. And I, I, I feel like the benefits of social media outweigh the negatives of it, the, the um, disadvantages of it. So what would you say to somebody in our community who says, you know, all the social media is just bad for our community because of X, Y, and Z. Maybe they say, you know, Nick Intout, we've had conversations about the fact that um, a lot of times if research has, has shown that young people don't know how to have a, a normal conversation face-to-face -face anymore because they're just used to social media. You know, what would you say to, to that kind of an argument uh, or, or viewpoint? I think that I would ask them to sit down and have a conversation with somebody who uses it. Um, because at least for me, um, I think I've, I've done that before. I've had conversations with friends um, where they approached it in a way that they were like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Or why is that important? Why is that something I need in? Um, my first response is always like, it's never something you need to do. You don't have to be a part of it if you don't want to. You never have to be a part of something you don't want to be. But when you are a part of it, you have more opportunities and you learn more about other people and you understand more about a different culture than maybe you're not a part of. And I think social media is, it's a culture, just like going to Africa and finding a different culture mm. there, it's a culture in and of itself. And um, no matter what, even if it's something you don't, um, maybe maybe you have something like Instagram. I tell my roommate, she doesn't post a lot of things, but she's there because she can find things that she can learn from or that she can, you know, and I think that's also a big thing. Yeah. Maybe it's not something that you contribute to as much, but if you're there, you're going to, no matter what, you're going to absorb something from it. You're going to learn something from it that you didn't before. And I think that's a big deal. I would encourage you to participate in it and to um, give of yourself in there. But at the same time, if that's not something you're comfortable with doing, that's okay. But I would definitely encourage you to yeah. at least absorb, try to absorb it a little bit and understand yeah. a culture that's not yours. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the same thing. I would say that uh, if you don't want to do social media, if you don't want to be on Facebook or Instagram, then you don't have to. Don't. Yes. Uh, that's fine. And I, I know I have friends uh, who feel that, that way. And you know what? I completely understand. It, it's their choice. They don't have to. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily go around saying the platform the channel, the tool is bad. Mm -mm. It's, it's how we use it. And um, there are some people who will take to it and some people who won't. And all of that is fine. I think I would 
definitely not say that to a church or a business, however. I would not say mm. you shouldn't, you can decide whether or not. I honestly would say you better be there or sure. your or your business will have a difficult time sort of surviving. Yeah, and I understand Or that. your church will have a hard time surviving within it because you're not putting yourself in a place where people are. Mm. And especially because this is not like, it's not like another country. It's not like another city. It, no matter what, the people around you are on social media. So if you're not there as a church or as a business, if you want to put that in there also, like you're not engaging with the people that are around you to the capacity that you could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a bad idea for a church, I think, to not be engaging with. Yeah. What I tell, what I tell um, businesses that I work with is um, there are lots of reasons to be on social media. The, the primary reason not to be on social media is if you're not going to do it well, if you're not going to commit to it. You know, if, you, yeah, if you're not gonna, <laughs> going to invest time and understand that it's going to take time and resources to do it well, then, then don't. Yeah. Don't do it poorly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, that's what I tell uh, businesses. And, and there are some channels or tools that are better for certain businesses than others. And, yeah. and, I, and I tell them that I think, too. like, to, uh, to be, if you're wondering as a church or as an organization or anything, whether or not you should have it, like, if you have a website, you should have social media. Because mm. it's the same, it's, it's the same, if not a better way to put your information out there and to get people engaged um, there online. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for this conversation. It was good. I yeah, had, this was fun. I haven't actually been able to really, like, sit down and hash this out <laughs> for a long time, so I really like it. For me, it's something I do on the daily, and so it's mm-hmm. fun to talk about it and and learn. Like, I just sitting, just looking through and, like, researching stuff and reading some articles in the last couple of days have been even more eye-opening than I thought it would be, so. Yeah, and even though social media <laughs> is not new, I mean, we've been doing this since 2006, mm-hmm. 2007, um, this conversation goes on. Because yeah. Because we have new channels like Snapchat that we yeah. have to discuss. Social media is not new, but at the same time, it's always new. Yeah. Because there's yeah. always new stuff happening, and there's always new social media starting up. And yeah. in a year, there will be another platform somewhere that you might want to consider engaging in. So definitely a good conversation. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, and thanks everybody for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Love Shared Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh.